You're listening to The John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. Well, it's all over here at the Coliseum. It's an eight-point victory for Oklahoma City, 83-75. to The Bears never actually led. I think they got within two points on a couple of occasions. Actually, for Baylor tonight, the high spot will be the fact that Larry Gatewood, a young sophomore playing in only his seventh game as a varsity performer, has erased a record that was first established by Hub Kirkpatrick back in 1938 when he scored 15 field goals in a game against TCU. And it was tied last year by Jimmy Turner when he got 15 in a game against Wyoming. Tonight, young Larry Gatewood got 16 field goals to set a new Baylor school record for field goals in an individual game. The Bears did not have... Now back to today's JMO Radio Show from the Allen Samuel Studios. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris and Aaron Sexton. Some vintage audio there goes back to, I think, don't hold me to this, I think 1969, Larry Gatewood referred to as young Larry Gatewood. He would appreciate that even today. But uh, Frank Fallon with the call as we honor and recognize Frank today on what would have been his 92nd birthday. Frank passed away in 2004. But uh, we always uh, look for opportunities to uh, remember and tell stories and just uh, lift up Frank Fallon, the uh, great voice of the Baylor Bears. One way we want to do that today is we welcome in our next guest, Pat Nunley. Worked with Frank for uh, 15 years and uh, right off the court, right on to broadcast row for Pat. And the rest, as they say, is history. But Pat, welcome. And we appreciate you being on with us. Yeah, my pleasure, J-Mo. And, and I thought maybe the best uh, thing we could do in this segment is just listen to Frank. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I'm listening to that. And I, I'm telling you, it just flooded me with memories. Oh. I mean, that voice, that delivery, uh, the knowledge of the game, you know, his grasp of facts and figures and data that was relevant. Oh, my gosh, that that was golden. I appreciate that. Isn't that fun? And, and just so yeah. authoritative. You know, if Frank says it, it's true. I mean, who would question anything Frank said? It is. And, you know, he delivers it in such a clear way that you're. he's not guessing. Yeah. He, he gets it. He knows it. He knows when to deliver it. You know, John, you and I learned an awful lot from him. And, uh, it, again, it's just really good to hear that smooth, powerful voice, calm voice. You know, we, we talk about doing a game with Frank is like doing a game with your granddad. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It was, it was just comfortable. It was, he put you at ease. So I am honored to honor him today. Yeah. I'm glad we're doing this. Amen yeah. to that. I agree. So how comfortable were you when you started out? I mean, you had just finished playing, you were starting law school, you start working next to this already legend in Frank Fallon. How, what was your comfort factor starting out? It was not comfortable <laughs> at all. Uh, you know, uncomfortable might be an understatement. And, and I told him that. And I told him that when he asked me to help him. And again, he just said, we'll, we'll get through it. You know, I'll put you on my back and I'll bring you in and hmm. I'll coach you up and, and we'll do it. And, and it'll go well. Just trust me on that. And I did. And it was over time. It took a while. It, it really did. I, I was very uncomfortable. I didn't want to hear myself. And I, I just needed constant coaching and reassurance along the way. But 
the mere fact, John, that I'm sitting next to Frank Fallon gave me some credibility. Yeah. And maybe that's what maybe that's what got me through the first two or three years or four or five for that matter. That's pretty good. What do you remember the uh, the first conversation you all had when, when he talked to you about doing radio? I do. I was working at First Federal Savings. I had graduated. I was waiting to start law school the following February. And I was just down there working, making some money between uh, then and the start of law school. And he just out of the blue called me one day. Mm. And this is Frank. Uh, Hey, Frank, look, I'm coming over from KWTX. We're going to start the radio network. Do you want to come do play-by-play with me? I mean, do color commentary. And as a former player, I think you would fit. And I, I just didn't really know what to say. First thing I said was, are you kidding me? <laughs> right. need, are you, are you serious about this? Because, uh, I had no idea what to do. I had not been trained. I was not a communications major and just thought, well, if, if you'll guide me and direct me, I would love to do it. But, you know, I also thought John a lot since that time. Think of the number of people he could have called on that would have just jumped at the chance to work with him. And somehow I got that call, and I will be forever grateful for that. Oh, that's terrific. That's a great story. And uh, and he does have a way and did have a way of making you feel comfortable, even though you're fighting. Like my biggest thing was getting over calling him Mr. Fallon. And, you know, he air. said, you know, yeah, on the air. Exactly. <laughs> on the air. Yeah. And he said, oh, call me Frank. And I said, I, I can't do that. I can't. <laughs> but, you know, finally got to that point. But he just has a way, it, like you said, very grandfatherly of making you feel so comfortable. And that's the way his broadcasts were also. Yeah. You know, his selling point to me was, uh, if I didn't think you could do it, I wouldn't be asking you to do it. Mm. And I thought, well, that's good enough. I mean, if, if Frank thinks that I can pull this off, then... I'm happy to do it. And by the way, it, it was never, let me think about it. I was <laughs> right. chomping at the bit to do it, but I wanted to make sure if I did it, I could do it well. And he put me at ease on that and just said, let's go and we'll have a good time. And, um, and you know, here we are all these years later. Yeah. Says a lot about you that he did, you know, select <laughs> you to do that. And, and the timing was really fortuitous, wasn't it? He was like you said, leaving KWTX radio to come to work at Baylor full time. And when he started at Baylor, his salary was half, uh, half athletics and half, uh, uh, campus teaching there, but that's really where the network started. You know, when he came to Baylor full time. Yeah. And I think John, that was probably a drawing point for me mm-hmm. is that I'm sure there were some budgetary constraints and he knew I would work for free, and I did at that time. <laughs> right. And, and so maybe that maybe I was the only guy that would be willing to just show up and do it. Yeah, right. And I, it, yeah, so that probably had a lot to do with it. But, yeah, they were just getting started, and couldn't have picked a better guy to get it going. And, uh, you know, it was I, I'm not sure it was a big change for him, but he was not only the voice of Baylor basketball and football, you know, I looked this morning, John, just as I was thinking about Frank, mm-hmm. I, I Googled him and looked at his Wikipedia page. My goodness. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Chris, Schen- the Chris Schenkel Award mm-hmm. and on and on and on. And so to be sitting courtside next to him in that chair for all those years was, was just a blessing. It really was an honor. Pat Nunley with us, uh, worked with Frank Fallon for uh, for 15 years and continues to this day to be the best color analyst in college basketball. And we are very fortunate at Baylor to have you uh, doing the Baylor games. 
what what are your thoughts about I was always struck by how much respect Frank had everywhere we went, you know, every place, whether it was Autry Court, whether it was G. Raleigh White, no matter where we went, somebody was going to come up and, you know, say something to Frank and you could just feel the respect that he had. Yeah, and John, one of those guys was Jim Nance mm, at yeah, the University yeah. of Houston, and and I, and to this day, I, I believe he still refers to Frank as Mister Fallon. Yeah, I think you're right. And so he was, yeah. I mean, so he was a guy. I mean, he's now as good as it gets. Who to this day would say that he learned a lot at the lap of Frank Fallon, and you know something else about that always impressed me about Frank is it didn't matter who it was. He treated everybody with respect. We were doing a game at Houston. I think it was at at Autry Court, and it was hot in there. And there was this little kid. I guess he was a a student, uh, you know, maybe a student in the communications center, whatever. And this kid was running around delivering his hand-delivering stats to us. And by the end of the game, this kid was worn out, and he was sweating. (laughs) And his glasses were kind of falling down on his nose. And Frank stopped him and said, I want to tell you, we could not have done this broadcast without you. Wow. I mean, your ability to, to deliver these stats on time, they're valuable to us, we need them, and you delivered. And I just want you to know how much that means to us. And that's Frank Fallon. Yeah. Uh, you know, like he, everywhere he goes, everybody knows him at the highest level in, in that industry, but he always took the time to thank people uh, he was gracious to people, and that's just one example of many where you, you saw Frank Fallon, um, the true Frank Fallon. He cared for people. Yeah, most gracious to everybody he came in contact with. And right there yeah. beside him, Pat, uh, for basketball at least, was was uh, Mr. Burleson, Mr. Ed. Uh, boy, what a, what a tandem that was, those guys together. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that was right hand, left hand. Yeah, yeah. Back in those days, John, you remember uh, he didn't go anywhere without Ed, mm-hmm. and and that was way before stat monitors. And so Ed's over there. He's got a little handheld calculator. It wasn't even an electronic calculator. It was a thing that he would push with his thumb, <laughs> and he was he was keeping track of everything. And he had Ed did for Frank hand signals that would indicate. You know, like, I don't know what the hand signal was, but if it was uh, rebounds, he had a hand signal for that and he would hand signal and then he'd hold up the number like fifth rebound. Right. And, and just to see those guys work together was beautiful. That's great. They had it down and they, they didn't go anywhere without the other. And that was a a great team. And then we got Ed for all those years after Frank retired. And that was fun too. That was a bit of a holdover. Yeah, that was that was terrific to have him and us get to work with him as long as we did. Uh, Pat, my, uh, Terry said uh, when I started working with Frank, she said uh, he's so serious, you know, and she had this image of him as being, you know, very, you know, almost intimidating, which he was in, in a sense intimidating. She said he's so serious, and I said. You don't know Frank if you think that he is serious all the time. Uh, he, he would have fun, and he would like to have fun. I'm sure you all had plenty of uh, instances of that along the way. We did. We did. He was lighthearted. Now, when he got on the air, he was all business. Right. And, and it was all business. But we had a good time. And we had, like you and I do, John, we had fun on the air. 
and, and it was, he made it fun. I remember when the lights went out at the Heart of Texas Coliseum, <laughs> I'm looking at him. I'm kind of petrified. I don't know what to do. Because yeah. as I understand it, for technical reasons, which I don't understand, we couldn't just leave and come back when the game was on. Uh, we couldn't stop the broadcast. And he turned to me and he said, this is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> really? I said, I said, okay. That's great. I, I, it doesn't sound real fun to me. I don't yeah. know what we're going to do here. And, it, it, you know, back those days and looking now at that experience, because we spent two hours just filling air yeah. before the lights came back on, it was fun. And he made it fun. We had all sorts of interviews, uh, some not serious, some pretty serious, but he just made it a good time. And, and it, it was, yeah, it was a ball. It was an experience and it was always enjoyable. Always. That is so fun. That's a great memory. The night the lights went out at the HOT <laughs> called Cliff oh, Spiegel, who was the commissioner at the time and, and woke <laughs> him up, got him out of bed to say, what do we need to do here? Yeah. Play on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and on. Shelby, Shelby wanted, he wanted to call it a night, right? He wanted to go back to college station. Yeah, didn't because, didn't uh, Coach Metcalf like try to hit the exits on? Oh yeah, after that happened. Oh yeah, w- was was Baylor winning at the time, Pat? They were. Yeah, Terry Teagle, and this is probably why he wanted to leave. Terry Teagle was having a Terry Teagle kind of night. Wow. I mean, they could not stop him, and A and M was very good. They could not handle him, and I I don't know what he had in the first half, but he was probably close to twenty. And Shelby just said, oh, boy, here's our chance. Let's get out of here. Yeah, we're getting out of Dodge. That is funny. But everybody stuck around. Yeah. Lights on one half of the building came on and finally in the the rest of the building. So what a good memory that is. Pat, tell everybody, if you don't mind, about uh, when you started. You asked Frank for, you know, uh, obviously you're working with him and sitting with him. But you said, hey, give me some things to think about as I do a broadcast. Tell everybody about that. Yeah, I was going to go do a play-by-play game for some reason. And Frank couldn't do it. Nobody could do it. And so he said, you're, you're just going to have to do play-by-play. And that was some real discomfort for me because I had never done it. <laughs> and I'd watched the best in the business do it. And I thought, oh, gosh, how am I going to get through this? <laughs> and one thing I was worried about was dead air. How, how do I feel, feel dead air? And so he prepared a handwritten list. And, and John, I'm holding it in my hand. Oh, nice. Uh, I, got, I got it out this morning. It's 30 things to just think about as preparation uh, and just words of wisdom as you're doing a broadcast. Uh, he says things like, do the broadcast for the listener. Don't do the broadcast for other broadcasters. Uh, he said, and this is something that I've tried to live by. I hope I have. Don't second guess officials. Mm-hmm. It serves no purpose. And it takes away from your professionalism. Mm. I, I I thought that was profound at the time. Because if you think about it, John, he never did. Yeah, that's right. He had the, he had the utmost respect for officials. Right. Um, he said, uh, this is kind of funny. Number five on the list, John, record the officials, start the broadcast with the recording of the officials. Now, we're not doing that anymore. Right. And there's no way we're going to do that anymore. Right. But. Remember how great that was? And oh, yeah. had these relationships built with all the officials. They'd come by, and we'd talk to them. And, uh, boy, that was that was back in the day because we're not doing that anymore. Right. But, anyway, it's just this golden masterpiece of things in, in Frank's own handwriting to think about 
over the course of the broadcast to make sure you're you're giving the listener what he or she deserves. You know, here's another thing, and I'll stop. The, remember the three things that the radio audience cannot see: score, time, and the players in the game. Mm. He said those three things will change more than in any other sport. Mm. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And again, I'm thinking. You know, I don't. I don't know that we really do that, but but it's something to shoot for. But it's a masterpiece. That's and, great. Um, I've I not only have held on to it and have on memories of of him through this, but it's really good stuff. Really great words of wisdom. Oh, that's a great reminder every year. You know, when we start again, so. That is, yeah. that is priceless. You know, to have that, like you said, in his handwriting, that is just priceless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's golden. It ought to be in the Smithsonian, but I'm not giving it up. Yeah, <laughs> we'll give him a copy. <laughs> hey, man, it's there great to visit with you and uh, a fun too. topic to talk about. And I uh, appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. My pleasure. You guys stay cool. All right, you too. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate it. All right. All right. The great Pat Nunley, uh, really one of the great uh, color analysts in in college basketball, not just at Baylor, not just in the Big 12, but nationally. Pat could be doing games nationally, and we are very, very fortunate to have him doing our games uh, each and every game. So great to visit with Pat on, uh, as I said in the text to him, one of our favorite topics on Frank Fallon. Today is... uh, uh, Frank's birth date, he would have been 92 years old today, so fun to tell some stories uh, about him and uh, remember uh, just the greatness of Frank Fallon, the voice of Baylor from 1953 to 1995. Take a break. Back with more in just a moment. John Morris, Aaron Sexton, and the Alan Samuel Studios. 